G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Let's take a few minutes to talk about one of those practices that we'd always like to improve in our Christian life, and that is our prayer life. Our guest today is on the line with us from Scotland, and earlier this year, he released a new prayer guide. It's called 31 Days of Prayer, and it describes his own effort to get some things right, setting some goals, but including God in all of those. Mark Anderson-Smith is the author of a number of books, but the one we'll talk about today is called 31 Days of Prayer. Mark Anderson-Smith, welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's great to be on the show. Mark, we all somehow or other realise that prayer is one of those things that we need to take a hold of, uh, set some goals and be more active and attentive to. Uh, Give us a little insight here into how that worked for you and what led you to write about it for people who'd be interested in getting their prayer life on track. So it's it's strange that this pandemic that we've all been going through, the, the coronavirus, and that actually has had a, a, a massive positive impact on my prayer life. And I, I think if we're facing difficult situations, the, the, the natural inclination is to turn to God, uh, to ask Him what's going on, to ask Him for protection. And certainly that was the case for myself. Uh, we, we had a, a Scottish minister, a guy called David Robertson, moved out to Australia a year or two ago. Uh, he's, he's got a blog, I think, theweflee.com, and he uh, was working with an organisation in Australia uh, at the time that the pandemic started last year, and they started sending out daily prayer bulletins, and we found this really helpful as a family. I think their their idea was that at 7 p.m. they were encouraging people around the world to pray for 19 minutes. So I think it was 1919 uh, to do with COVID-19. And then we took that on as a family and we started praying uh, every evening. Wonderful the way leadership works like that when there's a overall uh, joint goal to pray just 19 minutes and you don't think that's very hard until you try to do that 19 minutes every day. <laughs> and uh, interestingly, right. you then, as a family, started to set that as a goal. Now, most of the goals we set are self-centered and you had a whole lot of goals that you were working with and you realized that most of your goals were not about spiritual things. Give us an insight into how you got some priorities in place with that. That's right. Yeah, it was uh, about a decade ago, I think, uh, I was reading this book on goals and there was this challenge to write 100 goals down. And so I thought, oh, yeah, I'll give it a go. That could be interesting. And I got to 30 goals. and I thought, these are all selfish. They're all about me. They're all about making money or, or doing things that I want to do. Where's God in all of this? 
So I, I, that really stopped me in my tracks and I thought about what I should do to, to bring God into the goals. And I wrote down goal 31 was going to be uh, for me to be and to do all that God wants of me. And I thought, wow, that, that's quite profound. What am I going to do with that? Um, and I didn't know at the time. It, it was it was there as a goal, but it was quite vague. Uh, it was quite uncertain. I ended up a few years later uh, calling my company Goal 31 when I, I set up a company because I thought I want that to be at the, the core of what my company is about, uh, for it to be what God wants as well. And then last year, um, after the pandemic kind of died down in the summer, certainly in, in Scotland, it was the summer that kind of died down for us. And um, we stopped getting these daily prayer bulletins and I, I missed them. And I, and I stopped praying every night uh, with the family. I was still praying in the morning, but we lost that focus as a family. And I wanted to get it back. I wanted to... Um, have that focus on God on a daily basis. And I thought, well, maybe I need to write a, a daily prayer guide. And I took that uh, along with the, the goal 31. I thought, well, why don't I write down 31 days of prayer myself? And then the question was, well, well what do I write it on? And I, I went back and, and one of the things that had come out of the pandemic was, should we as a church or, or even as a a nation or, or the whole planet, should we be repenting? Um, is this something from God that is a sign that we need to, to repent of, of what we've been doing or, or the way the world has been going? So I thought I would use repentance as a theme for the book. And when I went into study repentance, the thing that really struck me was Jesus. The first message Jesus preached was repent for the kingdom of God is near. I thought that's the theme. That's what I need to, to write this, this 31 day prayer guide on. And at this time of year too, and here we are on the downhill run towards Good Friday and Resurrection Day. And for a lot of listeners, this is a time when they're looking to deepen their own spirituality and getting a prayer life on track is one of those thoughts that will be front of mind for a lot of people. So at this time of year, leading up to Easter, a good time to be thinking about how you might revitalize your prayer life, Mark. Absolutely. Um, I'm not, I've not been a, a traditional um, I. How, how do I put this? Lent has not been something that I've practiced uh, over the years, but I, I do believe very much in following the, the principles of praying, uh, of, of repenting, of seeking to humble ourselves. I've experimented with fasting in the past. I haven't had an awful lot of success with that. Uh, last year, when I was writing this, this 31 days of prayer, I thought, I really need to to have more of a go at fasting. So I set myself the challenge that I would fast uh, for 31 days. And I, I didn't, I knew that I couldn't go without food for 31 days. So I thought I'll do what I call a Daniel fast. So I'll give up the things that Daniel gave up. I'll give up the, the sweets. I'll give up the, the, the luxuries. Uh, so I cut out all uh, sugar from my diet and uh, didn't, take any alcohol, um, didn't take any snacks, no crisps or nuts or anything. 
And I thought, that'll be fine. I can do that for 31 days. That'll be easy. Until about five days in when my wife finds me in my office crying my eyes out. And she says, what's wrong with you? And um, I I explained, I just felt so low. I felt utterly depressed and broken. and, And she says, you're not eating any sugar, are you? And she, I said, no, no, you know I'm not. She says, well, that's what happens after you go on a sugar fast. Uh, your, your your body um, kind of goes through this um, shutdown and you can get, you can almost have what feels like a nervous breakdown. Um, and that's where she found me. And she said, oh, you'll be okay in a couple of days. You'll kind of even out and um, you'll, you'll get over it. So I, I persevered. And a few days later, sure enough, um, I kind of managed to get back to a normal level. Uh, but that was, that was my kind of first real uh, hardcore go at fasting. And it, was, it felt like a disaster at times. But by the end, um, I did feel that God was or I was closer to God uh, and I was hearing um, more from him. Um, and so I'd certainly highly recommend anybody, um, you know, to study fasting, to, to attempt that and to, to ask God uh, what he would have you do uh, for fasting, because there's, there's lots of different ways you can fast. And I think that Lenten practice is a good thing. It's just not something I've felt called to myself um, over the years. But I think that that may have to change as time goes on. <laughs> well, of course, there's all sorts of depths you can go into when you talk about prayer and fasting. And as you say, a Daniel fast is different to a fast where you'd have no food. Now, your 31 Days of Prayer book is an e-book, and so people can access that all over the world. When people get a hold of that, are you telling your story in that book as well, or are you just uh, giving prayer points for 31 days? So, yeah, I I tell a little bit of my story uh, in in the 31 Days of Prayer. I I focus on uh, things that are relevant to the themes, so repentance, and actually, I, there there was one. I think day ten, um, I, I tried to use an analogy from software development. So a lot of the work I do now is in computing and uh, developing software. And I, one of the feedback I got on that uh, day ten was that it was for for some people it was quite confusing. And um, so then uh, my minister had asked me to. Um, share after after I shared the book with him, he asked me to to do the teaching um, last month, and he asked me to take that day ten, which which had been a bit confusing, and to to do something with that uh, for the church. And so I thought back, well, how can I make this simpler? And the theme of repentance. Well, I, I found myself quite embarrassed because I think last year I got caught for speeding and I was just utterly gutted. I, I'd been on this car journey and um, I had been very careful to keep at the speed limit or under the speed limit the whole way on this, this long car journey, apart from this one section, I think it was like 500 yards, uh, where it went from 70 miles an hour down to 50 miles an hour. And I think I'd been slow in, in slowing down to 50, and they caught me. And I got this letter through the post. They, I, I then asked them to send 
proof and they sent me photographs and there was my car and I couldn't deny it. And it was this realisation that um, I had sinned. I, I had broken the law and I had to accept the fact that I had done so. I had to humble myself. I had to pay a fine and I had to own up to that. And so I was able to use that illustration um, to kind of turn that, that theme for that day 10 around to because I'd been focusing on uh, confession and repentance and it, that was quite a humil- humbling experience for me sharing that story of, of something that I'd done wrong and um, but realising that I had to bring that into light. Jesus talks about bringing uh, our lives into God's light and not letting anything sit in the darkness. And I think it's it's very important that we take that on as Christians, that we confess our sin, that we don't hide things, we don't lie, uh, that we're honest about what we do. Um, and that was really good for me to, to have that realisation and that experience. Well, Mark, your book is called 31 Days of Prayer. It is an e-book. You can get a hold of that when you simply search online. Mark Anderson Smith, 31 Days of Prayer. It's available through Amazon. You can connect with Mark at dragonlake.co.uk. Dragonlake.co.uk. Mark has written a number of books. We'll talk about other books into the near future too. Mark Anderson-Smith, thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.